Blonde Podcast. I am Christina McGinnis, the founder of KCM Connect, the Bottled Blonde, and a fashion blogger. The Bottled Blonde Podcast is a millennial's guide to leveling up in business, dishing on our latest dating adventures, personal development, hashtag self-care, and sipping on some fun AF cocktails. To break it down, booze, boys, beauty, and business. If you want it, we got it. Hello, babes. It is your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, the founder of KCM Connect, The Bottled Blonde, and the blog, ChristinaMcGinnis.com. Guys, just got back from Cabo, needed the tacos, needed the tequila, needed the travel. It has been a minute since I traveled, and I'm talking a minute by a year. I literally have not gone out of the country since last December. That's wild. So wild. So when I was there, I wanted to like take everything in. Like I did not want to be on my phone. So for two of the days, I just straight up deleted my apps, was not on there, did not post, wanted to just like take it in because I feel like once traveling is like taken away from you, then you appreciate it. It's like you always want what you can't have. So while I was there, I was like, all right, let's live life to the fullest. So deleted the apps. I highly recommend a social media blackout. Do it for yourself. And then when you come back, You'll feel so good. You'll feel so refreshed. You'll appreciate it more. You'll be more timely with yourself. I straight up, no joke, spend like seven hours on my phone. That's a lot of hours a day. So I got those 14 hours back. Was so happy I did it. I think everyone else was really happy. They're like, oh my gosh. Like I was just so present, felt so alive. I was like, holy shit. Best thing ever, guys. Do it. Do it for yourself. Drink some tequila, some rosé, get it rocking, make yourself a good meal, maybe go out to eat without the phone. I know, believe it or not, it can happen. And then when you're all refreshed, you're able to come back, you can start doing a little SEO. Today, we have Stephanie, and I am so pumped for you guys to hear this. I freaking geeked out during this episode, so I probably sounded like a dork. I was so invested in this conversation. Totally forgot we were podcasting. Literally like went off on a tangent about like life and we just like got into it and straight up stayed on the podcast way longer afterwards and just was chatting. It was just so much fun. We talk all things marketing tips and insights for every stage of your business. And I wish I had some of this info when I started. Like I never had a mentor. I never really had anybody to help me. And I wish, I wish, wish, wish there was like some of this information out there. I had to like freaking hunt, scavenger, straight up caveman status to find any information when I started. And Stephanie just has so many good tangible tips for you. And like, whether it's benefiting your blog posts, like, or different things that you can optimize on your website, like little tips and tricks for you guys to literally start today. And she has so many good things on her website, like how to write click worthy meta descriptions and like SEO for creatives, how to do a simple SEO audit. And SEO seems so fucking scary. I get it. You're like, what the fuck is this? How do I do it? 
like website stuff feels overwhelming and scary. Do not feel scared. This is not scary. We're making this way simple for you guys to digest, which is what I wanted. Like literally the easiest conversation for you to be like, all right, what is SEO? What do I need to do for my website? If you have any SEO questions, literally hit me up, hit Stephanie up. We are your resource. We are here for you, TBB babes. Do not be scared of the SEO. Without further ado, let's welcome Stephanie to the pod. Today on the TBB pod, we have Stephanie Becker, who is an SEO expert and owner of Stephanie Becker Digital. Her agency specializes in creating additional revenue streams for small creative businesses and influencers through increasing website views and affiliate income. Stephanie also has an online course called SEO for Creatives that gives business owners and bloggers a solid foundation with actionable tips to start their SEO strategy today. Guys, let's get into it. Pull out the pens. Make sure to sip on your cocktails. Our drinking word for today is digital. Hi, TBB babes. I am so pumped. Today, we are chatting all things website, SEO. We are diving in and we're going to make this unsexy topic a little bit more fun. So I'm super excited for our next guest. Welcome. Hi, I'm Stephanie Becker. I'm just so happy to be here. Thanks so much. Oh, well, I'm just pumped. I want to know all things because we were chatting a little bit before this and I told Stephanie how like we have a web team. And so, but for me, like website stuff, I managed my own website for three years and I haven't even touched like the amount of stuff that like any people in web know. They're like, it is, it's a beast, but it's amazing. And I have so much mad respect for you. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. Well, I think most people really start out doing it just out of necessity because hiring a website manager is, I mean, that's typically not like your first place that you spend a lot of resources. So a lot of people just out of need figure out how to do this stuff. But SEO has just always been something that I feel like people assume is really confusing. And so they never even start or never look into it. And it just doesn't have to be that way. It's so simple and I'm just excited to break it down for everyone. Me too. Okay. Well, let's, let's take a few steps back. I want to know about your story, like where you began your journey into digital marketing, how that all came to be. Give us the full spiel. Absolutely. So I started out, I graduated from Arizona State University with a degree in business communication. So not quite digital marketing, but while while I was there, there was actually a local organization that was hosting some different digital marketing classes. And I went to one that was just all about SEO. I didn't have a business. I didn't have a blog. I literally knew nothing about this, but I really felt a pull to what I was seeing in like the blog sphere, like what influencers were like really just budding at the time. It was like in 2014. So people had a lot of influence, but it wasn't quite monetized yet. And I really saw a lot of potential in that industry. It was something I was really, really interested in. So I went to this class and everyone had to go around the room and talk about their business or their blog. And it was probably the most embarrassing thing that had happened to me at the time. But I just had to tell everyone that I'm like, I don't have either of those things. Like I'm just here to learn. And I did really learn a lot. And it was probably the best thing that I ever did was went to that class because 
it just sparked something in me that I knew SEO and digital marketing was just going to be a passionate of mine. When I graduated, I actually reached back out to the facilitator, the teacher of that class. And she offered me my first job at an agency an entire year later. And no so- way. I love that. That's such like a wholesome full circle moment. I'm so yeah. here for that. And it, that job really launched my career, taught me so many things. And like stepping out of my comfort zone to go to this class, really, it honestly changed the trajectory of my entire life, my, my career for sure. That's so crazy. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the digital marketing agency. You were yeah. What was kind of, what were you, what was your role? What did you do? I feel like people like first coming out of college too, they have this idea of like, a digital agency. And oh, I feel like yeah. it's, so, it's so cool. Yeah. Like I feel like it is so different than what everyone else expects. It is different, but it also is exactly what you expect. So when you start out, you're doing a lot of like the nitty gritty work, like research and data pulling and data organization, different things like that. But the more exposure that you get to your clients and you learn more about just how to take their goals and find strategies that work for them to ultimately make their business as successful as possible. I work for specifically for a digital agency. So we did Facebook ads, PPC, SEO, and it was really up to us as the account managers to figure out what was going to be the best for their client within their budget. But these clients, they just had massive budgets, right? So it's like, nothing was really outside of the realm of possibility for them. And it wasn't until I got married that I started working with these smaller local businesses like florists and wedding planners. And I just saw like how much they were struggling or how much like the only way that I could ever find them was through Instagram. Because if you went to like, you know, wedding planners in Phoenix or whatever city you live in, I just wasn't finding like that aesthetic that I was looking for. It was almost like, any of like the more new and upcoming people weren't investing in an SEO strategy. And it was right then and there when I knew like my end game was to start my own agency that was going to serve that specific niche of business. So small creative businesses and entrepreneurs and blogs and help them take what these big, big names are doing in the industry, but they don't have quite that budget. And it's been a really amazing ride, a super successful one just to be able to work with businesses that I'm passionate about, but it is possible. I'm doing it every single day and I'm excited to talk about it more. Oh my gosh. I love that. So take me a little bit on like the, the steps from the agency to then building your own business. Sure. So if you work at a digital agency, you have a non-compete meaning that you're not going to be, you're not going to start taking clients until you've left your job. That is a really tough place to be in because when you finally are you know, ready to take that step into your own business, I had literally nothing. I didn't have one single client. I didn't even have a prospect for a client. I had nothing. And I really just spent my time at the agency learning as much as I could. And I, wasn't, I also wasn't in a rush to leave. I wasn't leaving because I was unhappy where I was. I was just moving towards something that was pulling my heart a little bit more. And leaving was really tough. It was really, really tough because... They have all of the softwares and the resources and like all of these things that it's like, I knew that I was going to have to kind of dive in, but really my biggest piece of advice, if that's something that you're really interested in is 
and something I didn't do was figuring out what my services are. Like I left my agency thinking that I was going to be like a full service digital agency right off the bat. And that was really, really tough. I, in retrospect, would have picked like one or two services that I was amazing at and just used those as my launching point to grow. But it was, it was really tough. I found people, like I went back and I reached out to every, all my wedding vendors. I reached out to like people that I knew personally who had businesses that I knew that I knew could benefit from this. I showed them exactly what I was seeing on my end, like the data that backed up, Hey, if you do this, you will be more visible to more people. And just going off of that instinct and the data that's telling me that this is going to work it did. And I'm so, I was so grateful to have clients that trust me right off the bat, but I did a lot of cold pitching in those days and it, it did pay off. <laughs> it's really, do you want to know what's crazy is at least yeah. for like my digital agency stuff, we started in January of this year and I went in with zero clients. So none. And then yeah, now none. 40 full-time clients that we do like, so like Instagram, Facebook website, like, and it's crazy. Like how I've never like up until last week had never sent a cold email and it's crazy when you like, yeah. And I was kind of like, not weirded out by that, but pretty much like I, and we'd done no marketing. So only my Instagram and like our business Instagram and everyone else was referrals. So like, that's the best. Yeah. That's like the best way to get clients. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I love cold pitching because I had an idea of who I wanted to work with and who I felt comfortable working with. I think like it felt really nervous for me just to like put myself out there and then wait for people to come to me. I was almost like more comfortable asking people who I knew I could do an amazing job for. And that was like my comfort zone, but I totally get what you're saying. It's just like, it's different for everyone. But now my clients, I, now that I'm thinking about it, they're almost all referrals, like my long-term clients. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you're sending these cold pitch emails for people who are cold pitching, what are some tips in the emails that you think make your email stand apart from other people's? I do all of the work up front. So before, and this isn't necessarily like maybe what some other people would tell you to do, but really the way that I've gotten most of my clients over the years has been putting in the work up front and building out a proposal that is just hard to say no to. And that's like, for me, mostly data-driven stuff. So that's looking at, I'll go into Google Analytics. Well, if you don't have access to their Google Analytics, there's still other tools you can use like Ubersuggest and SEMrush. Those are like two really great tools that you can see where they're lacking in their SEO strategy. And I literally just highlight those the aspects that I'm noticing and I put them in a report and I explain why this is a problem and if we fix it, how it can help them and then how much it costs. And I don't, I just make it honestly really hard to just at least not acknowledge the email because it seems like such an easy fix. And the other thing too is like personal emails that are not automated, they stand out in your inbox. Like even if you're nervous, like your email is going to stand out in front of like everybody else's just because you've attached this report. I'll also like follow up on DMs. If I'm nervous that someone 
I don't have to do this so much anymore. But when you're getting started, like if you're nervous about reaching out to someone, I would say the first thing you can do is DM them and say, Hey, this is what I do. Can I follow up with you via email? So you're not just coming out of nowhere. And that's why I think I said that I reached out to people that I almost knew a little bit first so that it wasn't so random. But one of my clients, actually my longest standing client is a blogger that I have followed forever. And I just DM'd her and I said, can I please follow up with you via email? And she's still my client today. So not wild. And too, yeah. like, I think people see like Instagram is such a scary tool and I've made like the best of friends on there. So I feel like that's so smart. Like sending those really, really personalized pitches that are even like an example too. like, let's say you don't have a lot of like fancy data or stuff like that, but you're yeah. really passionate about their business. Like you writing why that business means something to you. Maybe it's a meal nutrition company and you want to run their social media and you telling them, Hey, I have this really long run weight issue and like your guys's meals or like something like them really helped you. And you feel like you can like push their sales in a certain way. Like I feel like almost relating those personalized stories really help too. And now as a business owner, if someone reached out to me and was like, I want to work with you or I want to take this off your plate. And they had a bunch of reasons why I mean, finding good people is impossible. It's, it's impossible. And find, finding loyal people. That's yeah. another thing that's like, I am like, I am loyal to my core. Like I say, it's one of my faults, but it's like finding loyal people that are good, that respect you and get their shit in on time. Holy shit. Like, Those people barely exist. It's barely. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if that is you and you're emailing me a first sure we're going to have a conversation about whether this is a good fit because it's like those those opportunities are those people just don't come around ever, you know, very often. And if you are one of those people for another business, like they want you to reach out, like you are doing them a disservice if you don't reach out. I totally agree. Okay, TBB babes, you guys are hearing the latest and greatest here first. ChristinaMcGinnis.com is launching sticker packs. We are super excited about our three packs, the blogger pack, social media pack, and the podcast pack. A portion of the proceeds will go to Love 146. Love 146 is an international human rights organization working to end child trafficking and exploitation through survivor care and prevention. So what the heck is a sticker? Guys, this is going to change your gram game. Unlike gifts, stickers can be copied and pasted into your Instagram stories without reducing the image quality. Stickers are files you own, so they will never be hard to relocate for future use, unlike Instagram's black hole of a gift library. Stickers can also be used in YouTube videos. These are so simple, guys. I use them in all of my stories, and you guys were asking about them, so we figured let's make them available for all of the TBB babes. Use my code KCM20 to get 20% off your sticker pack at christinamcginnis.com. That is KCM20 at christinamcginnis.com for 20% off any and all sticker packs. (laughs) 
Okay, now yeah. we got now we're literally I was like we're just vibing off of each other. Now we have to like straight up break down. Everyone's like what the fuck is SEO? <laughs> what are they talking about? Yeah. What the fuck are they talking about? Okay, so what can you break down SEO and what it actually is for all of the babes who are like I've heard it and I literally have no idea what people are talking about when they say this. Yes. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And it is the process of getting your website to rank within search engines like Google and Bing. And so this is like, for example, if you want to find your website without searching for your brand name specifically, but you don't appear for any of the search terms that are relevant to your business. So like for me, if it was digital marketing in Phoenix and I didn't appear on the first page or second page, you know, that would be a goal for me to work towards. If you're a florist in Phoenix and the only way that you're getting bookings is like our local bookings, it's very, very important that you are showing up when people are typing that within Google or Bing, because those are people who are actively looking for you. And you can't necessarily... I mean, besides paid ads, you don't pay to appear in Google. It's all about having a high quality site, giving your users really great content on your website. But there's a process for this. And there's one that Google has recognized and almost gives website owners tips and tricks for how to you know, rank one, two, three, or on the first page of their search engines. And so my job as an SEO manager is to work with website owners and content creators to help get them on that first page or ultimately just increase the traffic from search engines because it is so high quality. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Okay. So what, okay. For the babes who are like, okay, now I know what SEO is like a little bit. What are five hacks that people can do to their current website for building SEO? Like five, maybe on the easier, obviously there's a million different platforms and stuff yeah. like that, but if that's possible. <laughs> no, no, it totally is. I would say the first thing is just making sure that you have a website that you're proud of. It doesn't have to be expensive or anything like that. It can be on Squarespace. It can be on whatever website builder that you want, but making sure that you're confident in what you're offering and that it makes sense for people, I would say step one. The second thing is to create content consistently for your website. So this is one place where people really, really struggle. Because in in today's world, we're just so busy creating content for Instagram and everywhere else that our website kind of comes last. But where that fails us is because now we have to all live for the almighty swipe up. And as soon as you stop posting swipe ups, you no longer get any traffic to your site. Like if you took a break from Instagram, your traffic's going to fall. When you are posting this content to your website as well, Google will find it, index it, and show it to those people. So even if you're not actively posting that link, people who are searching for your content are finding it through Google and you're getting traffic that way. But the only way that happens is if you are consistently writing blog posts or adding new pages to your site. So anytime that you're adding a new page to your website, Google sees that as a positive thing as long as your content is actually good. And that's just one major, major tip. Like Even if you have no plans or resources or you're not really there yet to like invest in SEO or someone to help you in that realm, just creating consistent content, you are going to be light years ahead of your competition because 
that in and of itself is a is an SEO strategy and really the best one at that. Okay, so creating content. So any tips for creating new content? Like obviously there's a million businesses, but would that be, do you think, because personally on my website, I think scheduling stuff out even a month plus in advance, obviously that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, but are what are some ways that you help your clients do that? So I would say the first thing that we do is I think about what people are searching in regards to their business. And most of the time, it can really be shaped around frequently asked questions. So if you think about like what your clients or your customers are asking you consistently that you just don't really have a lot of answers, like you don't, you have a, a response formulated, but maybe you just have to keep repeating yourself over and over and over again. This is a really good place, posting it to your blog and writing this out so that you can send people to this link, but also Google is going to be indexing this same link. That is a really good way to start with your consistent content creation. Another tip I have too is think about whatever you're planning for Instagram. The best thing that you can do is then just maybe, even if it's a long form caption, taking it to your blog post and maybe building it out just a little bit more. That in and of itself is a great blog post because anything your audience wants to read on Instagram, I bet your audience on your website wants to hear the same. Okay. What do you want to tell people that say that blogs are dead? Oh man, I just feel bad that they think that because they're just like, they are really missing out. Really, really missing out. I think that it's ridiculous too. And people, the people who are like, oh, blogs are dead. I'm like, okay. And you're putting, yeah. And too, I'm like, okay, so then you're going to put all of your eggs in one basket, which is Instagram, which isn't a platform that you own, but Like that to me is so wild. That's why I think websites are so, so important because you own the content on there. Every single piece of that you own. Those are your images, your words. Like, I mean, I think that that's wild. That's why I was like, I knew that you had to have an opinion on that because I was like, this is just crazy. Yeah. And I do think that our needs are like our content needs have changed a little bit. Like, People do like that shorter form Instagram caption type of content and like just digesting it a little bit easier. And Google has taken notice of that. So what they really like is when you break things down into subheads or you have like a very clear title and then it's broken down almost like into bullet points or you know, even think about like how you wrote essays when you were in elementary school, your teacher taught you, okay, first you have a title and then you have an intro and then idea one, idea two, idea three. That is the same, like really, really simple content breakdown that Google likes. And it's honestly just because we are so go, go, go. Like people aren't reading these long blocks of content that are like almost novels anymore. Like that type of writing just isn't, Google doesn't even like that because that's not what users like. Yeah. People want things like, and I think the best way of doing about this is like, think about your own habits. Would you go on and read a freaking essay? No, you're going to pick up a damn book. So like, if you are like, okay, I like reading short form stuff. And pretty much most of the time, depending on your market, a lot of the chances, especially for bloggers, at least you're most likely who your target audience is, is similar to you. There's parts of you that are in there. So if you're going on your phone at mealtimes, maybe that's when you want to post your blog posts. Maybe, you know, if you're read if you're reading blogs and you like them with three bullet points and there's three main products, start doing around three main products. And I think like testing, like I think people get nervous to be like, okay, we've got 
you know, oh, well, I don't know. That's different than what I'm doing. I'm like, fuck, test it all and see which one hits. Totally. And like the other thing too is pulling links for affiliates just takes forever. And if you're already pulling that for Instagram, you might as well post it to your blog too and like have an aggregate of your favorite things. Like some of the best performing blog posts that I have either written or, you know, been a part of or optimized for clients is, you know, an aggregate of like my, my Amazon favorites. So not only are they making money, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, like not only are they making money off of the page view, they're making money off of the affiliates too. And it's just like, that's like where the big money is in blogging is when you can stack some of those different revenue streams and blogging is just one way to do that. I mean, I would say a lot of bloggers rely on their website as part of their income because they're making money from ads. And so that's why it's getting as many page views as possible is the most important thing that they can do. A hundred percent. What are, now that we've kind of chatted about different things they can do, what are the most misconceptions about website? Like the most common ones? I think what, like what you said, blogging is dead or that you shouldn't blog that I hear that quite a bit. And the other thing is like, I do understand where that comes from because if your business is like failing or like, if you have just major fires in your business, blogging doesn't feel like a priority, but it's a long-term strategy that you will see results from if you stick to it, like you will see results from it. It's just, it's just like a long-term investment. And the other part is that if you are, if you have a bigger platform, you'll see those results really quickly. I say that the smaller your website is or the smaller your following is, that's when it can take a little bit more to see like the compounding results of blogging. But I think it is a misconception that you'll see results early. It takes a few months, but even in a few months, like you'll be so happy that you started doing it. I think another misconception is that one page websites are really great. You know, like those scrolling parallax where everything's on one page. I, that actually, those websites make me want to vomit. Like I can't handle all of that information and that little space. I'm like, what the fuck's happening here? And why is there like, I'm like, there's like eight different links and like, and they're spread across the page. I'm like, what is happening? Yes. Your homepage can be long, but you want a separate URL for each major thought on your website. So like your services should be on one, your blog should be on another. Anything that's really important that people would want to get to should have its own dedicated URL for sure. That is one thing that I see a lot. You're never also ranking one page sites is just nearly impossible. So just breaking that out into separate URLs, the more URLs you have on your site, the better for sure. Trying to think of anything else. I think like those are really the two main things. Oh, the other thing that ads are bad, like having ads on your website. Yeah. I think this doesn't necessarily go into SEO. It's more of a revenue goal, I would say for people, but a lot of people are, I wouldn't say a lot of people, some people are very, very against having ads on their website, but it is something I would urge people to just explore a little bit more, just to add some consistent monthly revenue to your website that would maybe push your SEO goals a little bit more. And you can do that like through Google AdSense. There's other ad platforms out there. If you have a really large website or have a lot of visitors that will pay even better. But I think exploring ads on your website isn't something that people tend to do, but it's something I recommend if you feel like it's a good fit for you. 
Um, so for ads, okay, so let's say there's a babe who just started a website and she goes, okay, well, I have my grandma, my mom, and I look at my website. So those are three people. Can <laughs> we go on and get ads? Or is there a minimum? You can. You just aren't going to... It might impede your user experience more than it would help your revenue. And that's kind of where you have to draw the line. Because you don't have a ton of people coming to your website, you're not really going to see a lot of revenue from the ads. And it can break up your content in a way that is a little bit disruptive. If you have a really large site, a little bit of disruption for your audience who's dying for your content is worth it. But if you're just getting started out, I would say ads is more like of a of a goal to get to. Like once you have you know, maybe like 30 to 50,000 page views a month, which sounds like a lot, but you can do it. Like you, that's absolutely achievable goal. And then I would probably explore ads, but I just see so many bloggers who are well surpassed that amount and they are, haven't even explored that avenue. And that could be, you know, several thousand dollars per month into their business. What's like the biggest struggle that bloggers who you currently do work for are having right now? That is tough. The biggest struggle that they're having right now. I think just staying one, putting consistent content is out. Consistent content is a content is a struggle, whether you are just getting started or whether you're like the biggest name ever, that is always going to be hard to do. It does get easier, but it's just always you always feel like you have more pressing things than to write a blog post. And so I would say like that is something that is really hard. Another thing that I am dealing with right now is these big bloggers who have, you know, started 10 years ago with a WordPress theme that they threw together and they've built this amazing site on the backbone of a bad WordPress theme and they're, you know, trying to redesign their site without hurting their SEO efforts. And it's kind of just like this long process, but really the lesson here is invest in a really good site early on, I think is important. I love WordPress. I also think Squarespace can be good for SEO, but I think starting off with a really good WordPress site that you feel confident in that someone helped you develop that's using a really good, I don't, I don't hate themes. I think that you can find some really good ones out there, but just making sure that you're starting off strong so that later down the road, you don't have to like go back and fix messy mistakes is always a good thing. I think too, a good logo and good branding. Yeah, that's great. Like literally I, people are like, why do I need a logo? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't know why, like it's, the craziest thing to me, and that is like same with a website, like you need to be proud of what you're putting out there. And that's something that you said. And I feel like that all goes into pretty much everything we're saying. Like you want your best foot forward on Google with people, like the whole realm. For sure. Yeah. Having a logo is a great one. I think people, I mean, if you don't take yourself seriously, other people won't take you seriously. And so just making sure that everything that you're putting out there, something that you're proud of. And even if you don't feel like you're ready yet, or, you know, just do it anyway, you will not regret, you know, put, like I said, putting your best foot forward and you're not going to regret it down the line when you are all of those things that you hope to be. I love that. Hey, you, are you needing an afternoon at pick me up? Don Francisco's Organic Cold Brew is the perfect summer coffee drink. 
It's easy to brew at home. All you need is a large glass container or pitcher. After letting it steep in cold water for 24 hours, you have delicious coffee concentrate. It's the perfect way to start your summer day or enjoy as an afternoon pick-me-up. I know I sure need one. John Francisco's is premium coffee, people, roasted and packed in the USA. And the very best part, guys, John Francisco's coffee has created a special sampling code where you can receive 20% off any purchase on DonFrancisco's.com. Just go to DonFrancisco's.com, shop, and check out with the promo code BLONDE, and you will get 20% off your order. Offer is good from August 1st till January 31st, 2021. Get sipping, party people. What are some resources people can learn about their website? Like, is there something that you're loving right now to gain education from? Yes. So the biggest thing that I do is keyword research. So this is finding what terms people are using within Google to get the most search volume. So if you think about like how you would describe your website or your business without using your brand name, like that's thinking about the services you offer, the products you offer, what you would want to rank for without using your business name. And sometimes what comes to mind isn't what your audience is actually looking for. Like those can be two completely different things. And using a keyword research tool like Uber Suggest is one that I love and it's free. You can type in different search words and it'll tell you how many times it's searched per month. And so that way, when you're thinking about what you want to write about, you can figure out what terms are searched the most and then write content based on that. And Google is going to see, okay, she's writing about a very popular topic consistently. I'm going to rank their website. And it's just a way to get new eyes on your website. And maybe if you are feeling a little, like you're having trouble deciding about what to write about, having the research to back up what people are searching can maybe push you in the right direction. Oh, I love that so much. What do you feel like is next on the horizon? Like, is there a trend right now that's happening with websites? I know we kind of chatted about like short form websites, but what, any other things that you're like, wow, these are really picking up momentum that you're seeing on the back end of things? That's a really good question. I think it really depends on what industry, like every different industry is so different, like for e-commerce and bloggers and course creators, it's so, so different and it it is always changing. I'm trying to think like for, okay, for bloggers, the biggest thing is embedding links into blog posts and finding a really good tool to make your affiliate links really prominent and like your posts almost shoppable. That is like the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now because people... So the strategy behind blogging is that if you swipe up to a blog post, whether or not someone buys from your affiliate or not, you're at least getting a page view and a page view results in ad revenue. So having, so driving someone to your blog post that then has, like I said, those shoppable links where it's either like a carousel or clickable images, I would say like that, that's like the the best thing to do. So if you are focusing on affiliate links in your business, just making sure that those are really prominent and really easy to shop, almost mimicking like, I love to go to like Nordstrom or other different 
you know, really high quality retailers who have studied how people shop and replicating that on your website with your affiliate links is a really good idea. Yeah, I know. I love that. I think that's so good. And then learning like about your behavior, like I'm yeah. so weird, but like, I love that stuff. So I'll go on there and be like, why did I click that box? Yes. Like, why did I, was it because it was circled? Was it because it was a completely different color? Was it yes. because they shown something that was 50% off? And like, I think then mimicking that on your own website and think about like, okay, again, how I talked about like, okay, during meal times, maybe you're going to post that blog post or something like that, I think is really smart. Yes. And to when you have like when it's your own website, you can be blind to those things. Like have your grandma go on your website and navigate and see where she ends up because that's like what most people are going to do. And you can kind of highlight where people are getting stuck. There's a bunch of tools too. I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head that provide heat maps. So you can see like it turns red on your website, like just for your own viewing where people are spending a lot of time. And it's really interesting to see where people get caught up or like where they're confused. Oh, I love Okay. I wanna, okay. You're going to have to tell me about the heat map because I think that's yeah. so interesting. And you know, I mean, it's just, you're always wanting to tell your website visitors or really any part, anyone who comes to your website, what their next step should be. Is that getting in touch with you? Is it clicking this button? Just making sure that your website follows like a very specific list of directions so that people know how to interact with you, I think is really important. And it's a really good way to get more website conversions, whether that's purchases or people filling out your contact form, just making it as easy as possible. Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. Where do you gain your education from? How do you stay up to date on everything? I love, well, I love podcasts. I would say that's one thing that I do pretty frequently. I listen to Marketing School by Neil Patel. He's, that's an amazing podcast. I love, it's called the SEO podcast. That's always really good. Search Engine World, just really looking up SEO trends. Google also releases pretty frequently when they have an algorithm update. So just like Instagram has an algorithm, Google also has an algorithm. And sometimes they share with you what they're prioritizing, whether it's like page speed or different types of content, things like that. So I'm always paying attention for my clients just to make sure that what we're doing is in line. Their algorithm update is. I know, I think it's so funny because people are now really talking about TikTok and Instagram's algorithms. And this is like a process that SEOs have been going through since the beginning of time. And so you don't have to be scared of an algorithm. You just have to learn a little bit about what it's prioritizing. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, where can all the TBB babes find you? I feel like this was so insightful. I like totally geeked out if you guys could. Okay, good. (laughs) Honestly, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, is that, does anyone know what I'm talking about? But we made it really easy. (laughs) No, honestly, I loved it too, because I never get to like banter with people like this. Like, I feel like anyone that I try to do this with, they're like, excuse me, what? And I'm like, I'm just going to talk to myself. (laughs) Tell me about it. Well, I would say the best place to find me is on Instagram. I share a lot of digital marketing tips, mostly pertaining to SEO. And that's at Stephanie Becker Digital, Stephanie with an S, S T E F A N I E. I am hosting a workshop all about SEO. We're going to talk a little bit about how to make money from your website. And I'm also going to talk about my course, SEO for Creatives. So if you are looking for some type of SEO coaching, this program is really awesome. It first breaks down 
all of everything you need to know to be successful with SEO on your website. And that is available on my website, stephaniebeckerdigital.com. Well, well, okay, before we go, because then we totally forgot, what is your favorite cocktail? Because we have to have to hear it. This is so easy. Okay, so it is a dirty martini with blue cheese olives. Wow. Love that for you. I'm like a rosé bitch, but that's no, fabulous. Totally. Oh. That is my my favorite ever. Do you do you listen to the Bitch Bible podcast or have you ever heard of it? Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a fun one and definitely one to listen to, but I've been listening to it for years. And even when I was like just turning 21, she would always talk about a dirty martini. And I did not think that was for me, but she introduced me to it and it's become a favorite. So even if it's definitely one to order, like if you're up for trying something new. Oh, I love that so much. Oh yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to me, Gabes, for hanging out with us and to rate, review, subscribe the podcast. And we will see all of your cute faces next Thursday. Even when the heart gets cold